Hey, welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Five Seconds of nope. Summer. No, <laughs> five songs, five songs or less. That's what I'm. I'm gonna have to put a note on on my computer so I remember the name of it until I eventually remember. Five Seconds of Summer, officially registered to Dante. Yep, you can URL. contact me at Dante at 5secondsofsummer.com. <laughs> so far, the only emails I'm getting are cease and desist letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They send those through email? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, they do. I'm pretty, I don't know. I'm sure they can. Ooh. Hey, yeah. how about something like this? How about like, uh, is this band a mess or is this band the best? Find out in five songs or less. <laughs> pretty good i forgot the t in best but <laughs> uh, so i'm gonna go ahead and disconnect just kind of stop recording now okay <laughs> sorry yeah let's let you fucking mumble uh, through mumble through yeah, a half yeah. joke <laughs> i will not get to the end this uh, episode is gonna be just way loopier because like yeah, we've already been yeah. doing this for two hours <laughs> Yeah, we just went through a half hour of audio bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Because of Dante's beats. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to lay some beats behind our vocal track. <laughs> uh, we'll put in the intro music later, Dante. We don't have to do it right now. Okay, okay. Uh, so yeah, now this this time around, Dante gave me a band to listen to. I sure did. I gave you a band that you said you associated with uh, mid-aughts kind of dance pop bands like um, Two Door Cinema Club, Naked and Famous. Um, Passion Pit. Pa- yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Passion Pit. Um, I, I do not think this band is very similar to those bands. The band I gave you five songs to listen to today was The Joy Formidable. All right, that is true, and I'm glad you said it, because uh, when I always said the band name in my head when I was working at the record store that we worked at, and I was putting <laughs> stickers on CD, yeah, I would say the Joy Formidable. Uh, but when I was writing it down, I was like Formidable, uh, and I guess you could say it both ways. Joy I think, Formidable, yes. Joy Formidable. I think it's fine. Uh, so yeah, I had no idea what this band sounded like beforehand. I, for some reason, I don't know why. Maybe it's because of the album art. Maybe it's just because, uh, I don't know. But I just assumed they sounded like Passion Pit or, like you said, Naked Naked and Famous or those types of, like, dancey, happy, poppy music. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I can definitely see that. They came around the same time. Um, I think the name kind of (laughs) sounds like it could be as well. Um, I, I told you that they were more along the lines of like shoegazy, like fuzzy guitar, but with definitely like pop hooks in it. Um, do you feel like I misled you as to what this band sounds like. Uh, I would not call them shoegazy. Okay, that's fair. Um, definitely fuzzy. So of the three, of the uh, three songs, of the five songs you gave me, 
uh, only one of them was on a different album than that. Is that their first album? Yeah, uh, sort of. Yes, it was. Was it like a reissue or a re-recording or something like that? Was, about about half the songs on that album were re-recorded and expanded in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. and then like half of the tracks were brand new. So four of them you told me to listen to were off of the big roar, and then one of them was off of Wolf's Law. Right. Both they almost almost sound like different bands on those two of, of the songs I listened to. The four off of the big roar, and then the one off of Wolf's Law sound like different bands to me a little bit. Interesting. Um, yeah. See, the reason, and maybe I should wait to get into it, but the the reason I picked that one song off um, Wolf's Law is that I I think off that album it's the one that most that resonates with me the the way the songs off A Bigger Roar did. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I, I don't know. I think I kind of thought they were similar, but uh, it'll be interesting to hear your perspective. Um, I, I should say that, I mean, obviously, because I picked four songs off that album, A Big Roar is a very, like, important album for me. It's just it's just one of my favorite mm-hmm. albums. Um, and this band, um, maybe it was just that time period. Um, maybe they changed. Maybe I changed. It's hard to say. <laughs> Um, their, their later stuff, like, I just feel like it hasn't, it hasn't grabbed me in the same way. Um, but like we were talking about in, in the first episode, sometimes you get all you need of a band in a couple albums and then, and, but you know, if the albums came out in reverse order, maybe I would like the first, those first albums the same. And then if A Big Roar came out last year, maybe I wouldn't mm-hmm. care about it as much. It's, it's hard to say. Um, but yeah, so I, I feel a little bad not spreading out the songs um, more, but I was just kind of being true to what I thought were songs that would, you know, let a person into the world of the Joy Formidable. And yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see how I did. Okay. We'll start with the first song you gave me was Cradle. Um, nope. What? <laughs> you listen to these out of order, you son of a bitch. You told me to put Cradle. I sent you a fucking screenshot, dude. I told you to just switch. Oh, I told you to listen to Cradle before The Greatest Light, not to bump it all the way to the top. Oh, my God. God. Well, too li- <laughs> What was I supposed to listen to first? Worrying. Oh, I'm glad I didn't listen to that one first. Um, The first one I listened to was Cradle. And yeah, right from the start, the first chord, whatever, because that song just jumps right in. Uh, not at all what I was expecting to hear, obviously, since... I mean, you kind of told me some descriptor words about what they actually sound like, but I still had it in my head that they're going to sound like Passion Pit or whatever. Sure. Um, And, yeah, I definitely wouldn't describe them as shoegazy. They're not slow enough. Um, right. They really don't, especially on the big roar... The guitars are not that fuzzy. 
because uh, when I've heard the uh, the song off the other album, the to- the guitar tone on that one is fucking great, uh, which I'll I don't know I'll get to later. But le- but going back to the first album, um, yeah, the guitar tone is is fine. It's good, but it's I was because you described one of the words you used to describe them was heavy, and so I was thinking like, you know, fuzzy pumpkins. Guitar oh, tone. sure, yeah. Um, you know that kind of that kind of heavy. My bloody Valentine. Right, right. You know, big muff kind of sound. Um, They're definitely a lot brighter <clears throat> than those yeah. bands. Um, so, but yeah, I, I I can see where that was uh where that misled you for sure. But I did like it. I heard the accent coming through right away, and so I had to look up where they're from. They're Welsh. Um, they remind me a lot, especially the songs off of The Big Roar, of a band called Skylarkin. I don't know if you've ever heard them before. I haven't. Um, she has a very similar uh, vocal inflection that, to Skylarkin, uh, both the bands, at, to where at times I was like, this sounds exactly like Skylarkin. Um, which is great because I really like Skylarkin and so, and they haven't really done anything in a long time. Actually, I only really ever listened to their first album. Um, so it was kind of in that same vein. Um, definitely like rock music with some synths, female vocals, great backing vocals, especially on that first one, Cradle, uh, Mm -hmm. the backing vocals at the beginning, uh, I really enjoyed. Uh, my son, Han, came in and interrupted me during this song while I was listening to them because we had just put him to bed. Uh, and he always he gets up every night. He says he's scared of something, but I think he just wants to come back out and see what we're doing, watching TV usually. But anyway, uh, he I let him listen to the song, which he had nothing to say about. Okay. <laughs> he, he said he had he liked the artwork, though, of Big Roar. That's cool. Which it is. It, yeah, it's cool. Um, cool cover. Did he say anything about how it was ironic for him to wake up to listen to a song called Cradle? Mm, he did not. I don't, you know, he's six, so I don't know if he knows what ironic means yet. Hmm. Well, most people don't, no matter the age. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. Um, but yeah, that one is, Cradle is probably one of the highlights with one other song. Okay. That I that I enjoyed. Um, it was a pleasant surprise hearing them sound the way they do. Um, I definitely didn't want them to sound like a poppy dancey band, which I'm into sometimes. I actually kind of like Passion Pit. Yeah, I enjoyed the sound of them. I'm well. Uh, let me jump in. I'll just say that I'm I'm glad you liked Cradle because specifically because. I was kind of going back and forth between Cradle and a couple other songs of what mm-hmm. I wanted to give you. Um, I was very close to not putting Cradle on the list. Um, You're which... going to put Cradle in the grave? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Wait, hold on. Let me add, get Danny to listen to DMX. Okay. Oh, could be a good one. Yeah. I've never, I've never really listened to DMX. Um, I, I only know two of his... Songs and one of them is Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Um, well, 
they need to have you need to know five songs. I, it's in the title. The title of what? Five Seconds of Summer. <laughs> <laughs> did uh, we did we actually say the correct title of this podcast at the beginning of the episode? I don't know. Well, yeah, w- uh, maybe we'll drop it in. Maybe people didn't hear it when you interrupted me, but I gave it that great that great catchphrase. Oh, right, the great catchphrase that I've. <laughs> forgotten that you love and support so much yes um yeah cradle's a good song um again reminding me of skylarkin a lot maybe i'll give you five skylarkin songs to listen to i think i would be into that these days you probably like it so maybe i won't i only (laughs) want to give you bands that you won't like uh you won't have any trouble doing that i know i know blood brothers oh god (laughs) do you hate them as much as uh our mutual friend that is your friend more than my friend? Um, yeah, yeah. I 100% compl- Oh, wait, you know what? Okay, so I'm sorry. Uh, for a second, I was thinking of a another band that I saw open for Blood You were Brothers. thinking of Jaguar Love. I was. And they're fucking terrible. The worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, they're not good. I didn't understand. It, you could have told me that was all improvised, and it would have, <laughs> it, would, it would have made more sense as like an art piece. But um, mm-hmm. I saw Jaguar Love open for Brand New and Coheed and Cambria, so hmm. it was worth it to get where I wanted to be. But man, it was brutal. Um, but okay, you know, Blood Brothers isn't as bad as that, but not okay. Yeah, boy. Maybe you... I, I, they're on the docket. Maybe. Great, great. Because I fucking love that band. Yep. Uh. Anyway. So the, let's the, keep talking about Joy Formidable. That, okay. So Cradle, what did you listen to next? I listened to the one with the long title. Greatest light is the greatest light is the greatest shade. Yeah, you had some real trouble with that. I did. Reading is not my strong suit. <laughs> okay. That's why I was in. also unlocking my phone so I can read the whole title, because all I wrote down on this piece of paper is Greatest Light. Oh, gotcha. I um, wrote my notes on a piece of paper. Did you write your notes on paper or on I, a digital I, device? I typed them and printed them and have been adding to them freehand since we've been Wow. Yeah. This guy is a professional. Totally. So this was, um, if people remember from our first episode, how could you forget? Um, All the people listening. (laughs) I mentioned that um, we both gave each other very long songs, and this was um, one of the longer ones that I gave you. Though though maybe Worrying, actually, is is the longest, but... uh, Yeah, I was going to say, it didn't feel like the longest. Okay. That's called foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, shadow, light, shade. Very good. Well done. Um, okay, so so you at least got through this entire yeah. song. I did. I did. I got through all of the songs. I listened to all the songs three times. Mm. Um, I listened to them as I fell asleep last night. 
Uh, I enjoyed this song too. So what I wrote down here is uh, I do enjoy the bass tone. Uh, I can't tell if it's a bass guitar sometimes or if it's a synth bass. Um, I have a hard time understanding her singing though. I noticed that on Cradle. And on this one, there's the line, until two eyes out of the darkness bring hope close. I thought it was until two eyes out of the darkness with no clothes. <laughs> Either way, it sounds fun. Yeah, both are fine. Um, big who cares. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You are, okay, so, so let me ask you this. This is just in general. How important are lyrics to you in any given song? Pretty important. It depends on the lyrical content, like what they're singing about. Um, for example, the the band the the band Idols. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know them. If I you do. don't, they're gonna be uh, a band that you get five songs of. Okay. So they just came out with a new album last week, uh, and they are getting a lot of shit uh, in the reviews for having um, less maybe thoughtful lyrics. I don't know if that's the right word, if, if that's the word that people are using. Um, but the lyrics are a little more on the nose on this album. But I think it comes across really well still. And I agree, the, the lyrics are on the nose and a little more simple. Um, but I feel like it works because the album, I've only listened to it like one and a half times, but it feels a lot less of a personal album and more of an outrage to the what is happening in the world with everything that's happening in this dog shit of a year. Um, so I feel like the lyrics, although they're you know a little bit more uh, on the nose or maybe juvenile or something like that, I feel like it still works. Um, so I'm a little more forgiving with that, but. There's other bands or singers who might come up with some, uh, I'm trying to think of an example, which I'm not going to be able to think of because I have an old brain, um, that might come up with some real shitty, stupid lyrics. And that'll, even if I like the beginning of the song, once the lyrics comes in, come in, I'm just going to be like, mm, that's fucking stupid. I don't want to listen to this anymore. Um, so yeah, there, there is a point it, I have to uh, be okay with the lyrics to a certain degree. But now, so you and I both listen to, I think, a lot of music in which the lyrics are near impossible to make out. Like, mm-hmm. is that fair? So, in in cases like that, does it still matter to you just as much? Sometimes, because I do listen to a lot of like hardcore and like I said like Blood Brothers is is an all-timer for me I love that band and they are very hard to understand sometimes um depends on the genre a lot of the time like hardcore I'm a lot more forgiving because it's it's a, a lot of time it's just like fucking testosterone um so I'm okay with that um but not being able to understand the lyrics is totally fine with me obviously uh, I did when I uh, when I was in high school. My first girlfriend or whatever, she was a big fan of Corn, uh, which I fucking hated. Yeah. I didn't like. I didn't like any new metal, 
because I was punk. I only listened to punk rock. Um, and I was, I told her, well, I don't like corn because I can't understand what he's saying. She's like, well, I can't understand what the guy in Operation Ivy is saying either. Like, oh, okay, yeah, fair point. So, yeah, it's never been a problem for me if I can't understand what they're saying. Right. But if I go read the lyrics and they're really bad or questionable content, I'll probably stop listening. Sure. Um, so, so that's very fair. Like, if anything, of course, is just outright offensive or so stupid that like you can't get past it yeah um that's an issue like again going back to the last episode like wilco pretty much you can understand everything he's saying crystal clear Mm -hmm. and and to me that's almost sometimes a problem because i i often want to get lost in a song and maybe i'm not necessarily in it for the story that the songwriter wants to take me on yeah. Um, and, and so maybe I tend to listen to a lot of music where it's just like, you know, a, a, as long as the lyrics aren't super stupid or super offensive, <laughs> like I don't really care. And like, mm-hmm. or, or if they're just abstract and you can kind of attach your own meaning to them. Great. Yeah. Because if I, if I feel like a songwriter is really trying to pull me along this narrative, I'm going to resist, I think. Yeah. Great, great lyricists really bump up the level of how much I like a band. Like, if uh, Wilco, for example, if Jeff Tweedy wasn't as great of a songwriter as he was, I would like them, uh, probably. But then, just based on their music, I enjoy their music. Mm -hmm. But him being a great lyricist on top of that just kind of bumps it up to another level for me. Sure. I feel like most people are lyrics people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, it's totally valid it's just um i don't know i i guess we're maybe sometimes into music uh for we're, we're slightly at, different reasons yeah or something. exactly yeah we're, we're we're going for something different uh we're yeah. trying to get something different out of it maybe yeah yeah and i even approach music differently that way too because like for shoegaze for example um a lot of the time the lyrics are so soft and if we're talking like my bloody Valentine or um, what was that slow crush? Was that band you were talking about recently? Yeah. yeah. Um, where the lyrics are so buried in that wall of just fuzz and heaviness that a lot of times I don't even care to look at the lyrics for like shoegaze bands. I'm just so lost in the, the riffs and the, heavy tone and stuff like that um that that's all i really that's kind of where i go for metal um i'll look up and if i'm looking at a new and new metal band i'll take a quick look at their uh wikipedia page and see if they have a controversy section (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah most of the time when it comes to metal i am strictly there for the riffs um because that's what draws me to metal music usually is is riffs and crazy tone and stuff like that i'm i'm not usually there for the lyrical content like my band um we here we go yeah here we go here we go (laughs) only made it two up the second halfway through the second episode i'm already talking about my own band um 
we are basically an instrumental band who puts vocals on when we play live. Um, the vocals are not important to the music at all. Um, when we practice, we never have microphones or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're strictly there for wailing on the guitar. Oof. Yeah, I know. I should probably cut that out. But, We're strictly there for <laughs> playing music. <laughs> but, but see, now that, like, I conceptually, I, I really relate to that where if there are vocals, because I, I do like a lot of instrumental music, if there are vocals, it's um, it's another instrument. I mean, okay, so we, mm-hmm. we've really bonded over the band Al- Alcest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or or Lantlos. And I, I guess he does sing a lot in English, but Alceste um, largely is in French. Yeah. And I don't think you give a shit about those lyrics. No, no. Right? I'm, I'm not throwing those into Google Translate to, <laughs> to check them for... Um, I don't know, maybe I should. <laughs> so, so the greatest slide is the greatest shade, Danny. Greatest slide is the uh, greatest. Sh- <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was a good song. It's the only other note I wrote is uh, the jump back uh, into the chorus after the breakdown was great because it was just uh, super super quiet and then all of a sudden it was boom loud chorusness. Um, that's all I really had to say about that song. Yeah, you, you mentioned the, uh, the the bass tone and then the, you know, like, is it a synth sometimes? And uh, Yeah, I, I think well, they go back and forth. So I, I did see them live once and have, and have watched live performance. Oh, did performing. you? I did. It, and, uh, um, it was in San Francisco. What was the venue? Um, oh, boy. I, was you, it Warfield? No, it wasn't Warfield or um, the uh, Fillmore. It was... Slim's? No, I think it started. Was with it a, big? Uh, no, it, it was pretty small. Uh, I think it started with an M. Anyway, um, so the the bassist is he also plays keys. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I, I think that might, might be what you're hearing. Yeah, um, there is. I mean, in all the songs, there's plenty of synth. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. Is great. I'm a big synthesizer fan. Um, so yeah, I, I liked hearing that. Blending it in as kind of a lead instrument and sometimes as a bass instrument, I think is is always great. Um, what did you listen to next? That you the I- leopard and the lung. I did not like the little introduction part where it's wow. all quiet and sounding lo-fi because it it wasn't quiet enough. It's it was just quiet enough to where it sounded like, oh, this is a bad old recording. Why is this the second album? And then all of a sudden it 
jumps into the correct tone uh, and loudness and whatnot. And we're like, oh. Because the song, isn't it The Greatest Light, whatever, has a little quiet intro part too? Yeah, where, then it comes in with the like, yeah, that's like three note synth yeah. melody. The, the, there's got to be some something in between those two. Because The Greatest Light one was way too quiet. And then this one was not quiet enough. Um, to where, yeah, it just sounded like I was listening to a recording from the 90s and expecting it to sound like it was a recording from today. But yeah, so when it when it came in quieter, I was like, I mean, when it came in louder, I was like, oh, shit, okay. So they were trying to go for a thing there. I don't think it really worked, personally. Did you, how did you feel about the little, like, piano riff that was leading into it? Um, is that, that's the one that's like, like, really fast like that? Um, well, it, I mean, it's, it's just the very beginning of that song is like the piano. I thought it was okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Uh, I've, it's the, the level that they chose to put that at for some reason really fucking bothers me. I don't know why. Yeah, boy. See, I, I, I think it hits so hard and it like fills now, when it, when it does come in louder it's fucking great the guitar tone is much better uh on this album versus the old one to me it's more i think where you got the the term shoegaze from because it is a lot more fuzzy um sounding than the uh, the uh, the previous one the big roar kind of just sounds like your typical i turned my distortion on my fender amp kind of okay. sound this yeah. sounds more like okay, we've got a big muff pedal now and we're going for the fuzzy sound. And it's great. I love it. It sounds like there's a different singer on the chorus. Hmm. Does somebody else sing in the band? Uh, Other than like just backup vocals? The the bassist does a lot of backup, um, but not lead, no. Man, yeah, for some reason the chorus... Every time I listened to it, the chorus sounded like a different person. Um, yeah, I don't know. So maybe they just changed their voice for that part or whatever a little bit. But it definitely sounds different. Um, I did like this song a lot. Uh, this this one being on the different album and with all that fuzz gave me a, a real like kind of dream pop feel. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot more like shoegaze, like you had said. Um, tor- there's a breakdown in the song, which I like a lot. And the end of the breakdown, uh, she says, all I do is stare. And then there's a one last guitar chord, one last chord that rings out. And God, I wish it rang out longer. Because she immediately starts going, hate, 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 or whatever the next line mm-hmm. is. And it... it I just feel like if I was producing this album, if I was in the studio with them, I'd have been like, you need to let that ring out longer. I think it's interesting that your, so far, your main um, critique is from like a production and mixing perspective. Yeah. And, and maybe that's I, just... Because I, I like the music. The lyrics aren't terrible. Uh, I like the singing. Uh, I like her voice. So then I start nitpicking, well, 
this should have been louder or this should have been quieter or this should have held out longer. Right. That kind of thing. And I feel like that's my notes on the next two songs as well. Interesting. Okay, so we have we have two songs left. Oh, you're I'm sorry, I kind of stepped on what you said at the end there about the No, that's the, I was I was done. But what you said about the end of that song kind of goes into double time um which happens again in one of these last two songs and it's mm-hmm. it's it's at least one thing I am going to force you to talk about if you weren't going to already. Cool. Good. Force me to talk about things I like it. Okay. Heavy Abacus is the next song. Which I think is my favorite. Wow, uh, when okay. I listened, when I listened again... Uh, I'm pretty sure Heavy Abacus is is my jam. The chorus is is really good. And the end is cool, too. What a great note, Danny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, this is... is, uh, I like... She also sings... The way she sings on the older album versus that one song from the newer album is slightly different. And I like the older singing style better. Um... I should have listened to, I mean, I know I'm only supposed to listen to five songs, but, um, and I did listen to about 30 seconds of a song off of their new album, um, just to see if they still sounded the same. Um, but yeah, hers, I kind of wish I would have listened to more off of the second album or something, some other album or something like that, just to see where the singing style changed. Right. I don't know if it's just on that one song. Or if it's just all all over, her singing child changed. Um, not like a lot, but she kind of lost the accent. I think is what is what uh, bums me out because I love an accent when when somebody's singing. There's another band from Wales, that area, uh, called Martha, and when they sing, they have the little accent. And I just think it's so cute. I love it. Um, but yeah, the singing. On the older one, I definitely like more, uh, but the guitar tone on the newer one, I definitely prefer the the heavier guitar tone versus sure. just the kind of standard distortion setting. Um, but yeah, this was definitely my favorite uh, of the five songs. Which one did you think would be on top? You know, I I was maybe maybe Leopard in the Lung, maybe Greatest Light. Um, I did mm-hmm. not, I did not think, in fact, I probably would have guessed a heavy abacus would have been your least favorite. Um, mm. so this, this surprises me cause I think it's the most like straight ahead, like tight pop rock song yeah. of the five. Yeah, um, it definitely is. Cradle is kind of that, but Cradle also has a little mm-hmm. bit more of like a chaotic energy. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I'm just kind of surprised that that's your favorite because it just, yeah, it, it comes in with like a very, um, hey, this is our big course and it's really good, but mm-hmm. I don't necessarily always think of you as someone who wants that in a song. I like a good chorus, man. Well, I good. Like a good chorus. And they delivered. <laughs> hey, I have uh, 
you know, we talk frequently via text, but uh, we haven't seen each other aside from that one time we saw each other at a cemetery. Let's just leave it at that and not not expand on that story. Yeah. Um, just, just for fun. Uh, we haven't seen each other in a long time in person. Um, because, because I live in California, you live in... I live down by the docks, is what he's trying to say. <laughs> yes. Down by the docks. Um, some part of this will be cut out. Um, so I live in California, and Dante lives in another state. Uh, we're going off but, the rails here, man. What, what were you getting at? We, we live far I'm away, we haven't seen... I might be trying to make a point. I don't know. By all means. <laughs> I listen to a lot more pop music than I used to back when we uh, lived in the same state and saw each other regularly and talked about music regularly. Um, I own, that is right, own a Taylor Swift album. And I enjoy it. So, you know, I've grown. I'm less snobby than I used to be. That's the point I was trying to make. So that ties back into, I like a good chorus now. Uh, you like a good chorus? I do. I okay. do enjoy a good chorus. Great. Uh, I was singing Wrecking Ball the other day, yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know that song? I don't, I actually don't. Who does that song? Miley Cyrus. Yeah, Miley Cyrus. Um... So yeah, Heavy Abacus was my favorite. Worrying was my least favorite. fan of a long song but there comes a point where (laughs) you need to know where to call it guys sure i do have some other notes ahead of where i get to the point where i'm like why the fuck is this still happening um so we'll talk about those first okay um they started to make me think of um a band that would have been on the arts and crafts record label Uh, back in the early 2000s, but a more evolved version of that. I don't know if you are aware of any of those bands. Stars? Um, Stars, Uh, I've I've heard of. I believe they are Canadian. Is that correct? Yes, the label is Canadian. Okay. Uh, Broken social scene, although that's not where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. Um, There was one other band, and I forgot I was trying to look them up earlier, and now I just sound like a jackass. Uh, Most Serene Republic was the other one that they kind of reminded me of um, from 2005. Um, But yeah, which it's just a kind of more evolved sound um, because that was very like bringing in some pop elements to indie, some synthesizers. They didn't really go too much in the heavy guitar tone or anything, Um, but kind of evolving it from there. It's kind of what it started to remind me of. Hey, I even wrote this song is good. Wow. At some point during this song. Yeah. <laughs> and then you crossed and, it out. <laughs> and then I crossed it out. Uh, I brought up Skylarkin again. Um, and 
I would need to go back and listen to this band because uh, it has been a really long time and I have only heard them by seeing them live. But Red Host, Chelsea Wolf's band before she went solo. Um, yeah. Kind of her pre-dark era, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, before, before she was inspiring Alcest. Yes, exactly. Um, although, if they heard Red Host, maybe. You never know. Maybe. Okay, next next note. Oh, shit, there's a breakdown with fucking double bass. Yeah! It made me laugh. Oh. Because I was like, is, is this, like, a hardcore song all of a sudden? Is there a beatdown part? Like, what's happening? I liked it. I enjoyed it. Oh, that... But then that it goes w- on for another five fucking minutes. <laughs> Right. So, okay, that's funny. So you have more of an issue with how long it like stretches out after because, the double bass part? Because they were already going, they were already like two minutes or something into the tremolo picking, getting higher pitch, higher pitch, higher pitch, higher pitch, broom, breakdown, broom, broom. and I was expecting maybe some stretched out chords or something like that leading into the end. Mm-hmm. But no, we're going back into the tremolo picking, getting higher pitched, higher pitched, higher pitched, higher pitched. And then, I, I don't even remember how they ended it. It, end, it ends with a weird fade out, which I also didn't like. But I stopped taking notes at that point. Um, <laughs> I also put a note that the drums started sounding fake. I think they were using some triggers or something like that um, for the double bass kicks that come in. Somewhere, mm. somewhere around five minutes and 30 seconds, I wrote down a note. What the fuck's with these random kicks? I I know what uh, you I know exactly the like little bursts you're talking about. Yeah. Um, the first I, time I heard it, it sounded like it was off uh, tempo, but then the second time I was like, okay, it's on tempo. I just wasn't expecting it. Um, yeah, it's. Um, I don't know if I'm using this term correctly because I'm not a real musician or a real drummer, but it might <laughs> be a a modulation where I don't know. Uh, sure, own it, man. <laughs> Where you you're like you're playing you know, uh, you know the the songs in four, but you're playing in three, but you're fitting it in so it, like it sounds yeah. like you're you're slowing down when you're really not. Um, I, I I know I'm not explaining that well, and uh, if unfortunately unfortunately all of our mutual friends are uh, like talented musicians, <laughs> so if mm-hmm. any of them yeah. listen to this, they'll be like dumb, wrong, bad. Yeah, um, the the two uh, least talented musically uh, people <laughs> decided to start a podcast about music. Yeah, well, because the other people were too busy making music. I, it's true. It's true. Um, <laughs> I so I, I will say I I don't know if this was available like on Apple Music or whatever you were listening to, but there was a radio edit of this song um, that cuts out a lot of that self-indulgent build build is that build, the first build, build. one the first one that i had because remember no. i sent you a screenshot and you were like how long is that that song right no the so that version that you had from like the previous um it's like mm-hmm. a seven song album or whatever it is um it that doesn't have the breakdown on it so it's just like it's just the like structured like verse course parts but it, oh, okay. it never it never gets to the double bass part there was like that song worrying was on the radio for a little bit um huh. 
And it did have the double bass breakdown in it, but without all of the space before and after. Now, I actually have more of an issue with how long it takes to build to the double bass part. Yeah. You could cut out yeah. a good, like, 45 seconds out of that. I, I don't mind how it ends. I, I kind of like um, the the melody, like the tremolo-picking melody that you're talking about, kind of, like, speeds up and changes a little bit into ways that I find interesting. And I do like the, like, the weird, like, kind of double bass burst that you're talking about. Um, uh-huh. But it, it could be a, a good minute and a half shorter, that song, probably. I don't. I don't think they take too long to get to the breakdown double bass part. I just feel like it needs to end promptly after that. That would also um, work to go on for another. I think two minutes is <laughs> yeah a bit much um, when it's basically um, doing the same thing over. Right. Except just it's not like doing something different. It's still doing the tremolo picking. It's not changing up at all. Um, I, I will say when I saw them live, the, so they're Mm -hmm. set up live. Like the drummer is at one side of the stage and he's basically facing the other side of the stage. Like, so you're just like Mm -hmm. looking at his left side. Um, but because of that, like I was, I was right on him and like, I could see everything he was doing with his feet. He, like he is playing everything. And so my assumption is that everything is played like live on the album and they're not using mm-hmm. triggers. I don't know why he would use triggers on the album and then not live. It seems like it would be the reverse. Um, yeah. So for whatever that's worth, I just want to give, uh, I believe his name is Matt. I want to give him his due. Cause I think he's cool mm-hmm. as shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, did you, my boy, Matt, <laughs> uh, did you look at any, any photos of the band or see, watch any live stuff? I didn't watch any live stuff um, since we had talked about maybe doing that on the podcast, but maybe later down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't watch any live stuff. I did check out their Wikipedia page uh, and found out that uh, they were on their first album came out on a label owned by the guy from Passion Pit. Well, so there maybe you go. that's where my connection to Passion Pit came out. Sure. Came out of. And also they were sampled mm-hmm. on the Lonely Island song YOLO. Yes, and because of that bias, YOLO is one of my uh, favorite Lonely Island songs. I believe that's also with uh, with Kendrick Lamar, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I have heard that one. Um, but yeah, that 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 was a that was a very exciting moment for me when I was watching Saturday Night Live. Yes, yes. Um. Um. I did listen to 30 seconds or so of the song off their 2018 album. Um, It seems like they might have dropped the guitar tone. I don't know. Again, it was only 30 seconds. So um, it seemed like they embraced more of the the electronic aspect of it. Um, But still still sounded pretty decent. Yeah, I've popped in and out of subsequent albums. Um, and like we were saying earlier, whether it's them or me, it's, I I feel like maybe they're not going for the exact, the the same thing anymore. Like I I felt they were fairly Mm -hmm. unique in, in what they were doing in, in 2011, at least as far as what I was listening to. And now Mm -hmm. it it seems like they've kind of 
a- any edges they had, they've smoothed smoothed them out, and now they're just kind of trying to write pretty good pop rock songs, which isn't yeah. what I want them to do. I want them to be a little a little experimental, you know, just I don't know. Um, so yeah. I, I, I still love that album, and and uh, Wolf's Law is pretty good as well. Um, maybe they mm. went downhill when they contributed a song to one of the Twilight movies. Um, <laughs> they did a don't an original. don't talk shit about Twilight. You'll you'll hear from my wife. <laughs> well, we we got to engage the audience somehow. So I, it's true. I see. It's funny that you think she's the audience. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe maybe the Wilco episode at least. Maybe, maybe, yeah. She did not know who Joy Formidable was. Maybe she didn't listen to that Twilight soundtrack. I don't know. She only listens to the one from the. I think she mostly listens to the one from the second movie. You should anyway. call her. You should call her a poser, a, a fake Twilight fan. A Twilight poser, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I will. <laughs> um, oh, that's funny. When you when we started this episode, it really sounded like you were not going to dig this band in any form uh, whatsoever. And and so I'm surprised by the, you know, you, you, you sounds like you don't necessarily, you're not in love with them, but there was, there was more here that you liked than didn't like. You'd prefer maybe some yeah. different production. Um, but yeah, all, all in all, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with, you know, what you said. Yeah, I think they're good. Um, I uh, I don't know how often I would go back and listen to them. Sure. Um, I would have to be in a specific mood, you know, that kind of thing. If I were going to choose, if I wanted a band that uh, sounded like Skylarkin, I'd probably go for Skylarkin. Um, <laughs> okay. But if I finish that album and I don't feel like digging into their later albums, which I never really listened to, I'll come back to the first Joy Formidable. I actually am curious, and I'll probably give the second album of theirs a listen, the one with the leopard in the lung. Yes. Uh, I just want to hear more of how they how they went guitar-wise, if they kind of stuck with that um, heaviness throughout the, the whole album. But yeah, I might revisit them from time to time. Well, I don't know what... Uh necessarily what our mission statement is as friends or as a podcast but um i guess mm-hmm. anytime French like e- over <laughs> yep <laughs> you you kind of you thought worrying was too long so uh, you can kindly go fuck yourself um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i was gonna say like e- e- even you know podcast aside it's nice when you can even very slightly expand someone's, you know, musical horizons or whatever. So I would say just based on that, this is a success. You, you know, a band yeah. that you didn't know before and you know, you, ha- you maybe have they actually a, sound like, yes, you, you have a few more riffs in your head. And like you said, you're a big riff boy. So that's good. <laughs> I'm a big riff boy. Yep. <laughs> Danny the Riff Boy, and uh, we'll have to wait uh, until we know what my my uh, call name is. I don't know. Last episode, we were saying you were Riff Boy. We were talking about ACDC. Yeah, but I don't love ACDC. You just kind of threw that on me. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
you literally said this episode when that you listened to metal and hardcore for the riffs. For the riffs, it's true. But I know I'm gonna constantly contradict myself, though. So, right, like today you okay. were saying. Today you said you care if a metal band has a controversial racist past, but in a few episodes you're gonna say that you don't, that you actually like yeah. it. So yeah. let's just wait for that. I'm actually a. Uh, uh, never mind. I can't yeah. think of a, an example. That's okay. That's probably for the best. Which is good, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Joy formidable. Pretty good. I'll give him. I'll give. We didn't rate Wilco. I'll give him three out of five. <laughs> three out of five That's... songs. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. It took no. me four to find a favorite. And then it's a good thing I we didn't li- I didn't listen to worrying first, otherwise this this wouldn't be happening right now. You would have just not listened anymore. <laughs> well, you would have saw like, fuck this. <laughs> you would have saw how the to other, do a long outro. The the other track times are all much shorter, so that would have helped. Yeah. But um, I think because we have already <laughs> we've already uh, included this in our podcast lore, we are now rating things. <laughs> Okay. Hey, give me a Wilco rating. Okay, I give Wilco. Uh, see, this is tough because I'm gonna have to separate our friendship out of it. But because, um, like, <laughs> I, but I, I mean, I know we're not taking anything personal. I would give Wilco. I am. Two, two and a half seconds of summer. Two and a half seconds. <laughs> that is our rating system. That's what I was. That's. That, <laughs> Oh, we have, that's great. We have accidentally said five seconds of summer too many times, so it is yeah, it's, yeah. It's so part let's of just the, embrace it. Yep, it's the fabric of this podcast, and that is our rating system. If we love a band, we give it all five seconds of summer, because as we know, summer is five seconds long. Is this band a mess or is this band the best? Find out. <laughs> Don't fucking hey hey. I hate it. I hate it. Don't laugh. I didn't, uh, you gotta let me finish my rhyme. <laughs> Hold on, I'm I'm totally spiking my audio here. Yeah, you um, are. That got real loud, dude. Well, it's because I can't fucking hear myself. All right, oh, right. Well, I, I will just speak it this time. But it was okay. <laughs> Dante, you're yelling again. I just get so passionate about. Uh, I didn't. I didn't steal your muscle milk, dude. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs>